Hello, fellow caviar connoisseurs. I know you're excited to talk sports today, so without further ado, welcome to Sports Caviar with Hall, Burn, and Bijan. Hello, caviar connoisseurs. I'm Javi, one of your caviar hosts this evening. And I'm joined by Matt Super Nasty Burn. Yes, sir. Evening connoisseurs. Excited to be here for this episode. And especially we got our boy Bijan, not to be mistaken with the Dijon. Ah, yes. Thank you, Burn. Thanks, Sam. Great to be with both of you as always. Good evening to all of our caviar connoisseur. All right, everyone. We're, we're going to be talking some college pigskin tonight. We'll also be making some more valuable picks for you who've been following along. And we're going to talk about where the NFL stands thus far after quarter one. But first, there was some NBA juice that drip dropped past weekend. This is a rare time where we're going to start this show with NBA news. And so I would say that this was probably one of the most exhilarating trades that has happened in recent years. So you got Dame Dalla Lillard going to the Milwaukee Bucks. In my opinion, I feel like that makes them number one contender to win the whole entire thing. Bijan, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on that? This is the thing to do. It's a super team. Again, it's going to be super fun to watch for the great state of Wisconsin. You've got the Greek freak. You've got Damian Lillard now. Good trade. Clearly for them, they put together a really powerful, at least starting five to, to, to through their six man, perhaps. DeAndre Ayton, I like that, headed in exchange, involved in the deal. He's like what Greg Oden was supposed to be. He looks like he's 78 years old, but he's the real deal. I, I really like him in the deal. I'm not sure the Suns got the right angle on this deal. Like Grayson Allen, which is essentially Jay Redick 2.0, but I do nurture for them as well. Yeah, I agree. Talk about a just a surprise. I wasn't expecting Milwaukee to beat in the sweepstakes, but for them to get Dame, that's, that makes them the legit contender. I think that they're the favorites now, but you got to be impressed with Portland too. That's a pretty impressive haul for Lil, getting Aiden and then flipping Holiday to Boston, picking up some first round picks and first round swaps. And they, they did get Malcolm Brogdon, which I think they might end up flipping too for more. It's a pretty pretty good haul. I think Giannis wanted uh, a commitment from ownership. Here it is. Hey, yeah, should be a super team up there in Milwaukee, which will be impressive to watch. I like the swap option, Burn. I like that a lot. I want to do more mm-hmm. swaps. Yeah, two, two first-round swaps along with three first-round picks. That's pretty pretty good. Yeah. I, do you guys think that Lillard is the best point guard in the NBA? Oh, I don't know about the best, but he is top three, no doubt about it. So easily top three. Yeah, easily top three and questionably even the best. So I think that this is as blockbuster as you can get. You pair him with Giannis and they could be in store for multiple championships here, especially with ripe ages. They're going to go on a run. I think you, you see Golden State 
is they maybe have two years left with that group there. I, I don't really know how much longer they well, have. Until Chris Paul falls apart. Well, that's already he's, a, he's eternal, though. He's well insured. So <laughs> <laughs> the one one random thing about it is you don't really see this happen but you didn't used to see this happen it would, it would only be the major stars going to the big market but i don't know if you guys knew this or not but the milwaukee market is 25th out of 28 in the entire nba and they have the best duo in the nba by far that's amazing it could be done though look what tampa does in baseball Elsewhere, Detroit, a lot of kiddies are on fire. The more plugs I can give, the better. That's not a large market. So it can be done. It's just more difficult. Did, did you guys, do, what, do you guys know what's the smallest market in the NBA, if you had to guess? Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, that's a good guess. That's a great guess. I would say Orlando or Portland. It's actually the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that Bernie was, well, I think he Googled that. That's it. <laughs> I guess I'm now the NBA insider. Yeah, Mark, officially. Congratulations. Yeah, they, and oddly enough, the Magic are actually middle of the pack. They're, the Magic are not even considered a small market in the NBA. Isn't that weird? How do you, what's the, I got to look at the formula here. They go by size of the cosmopolitan area and other variables are in there too. But I just thought that was interesting that it, that, that was an actual thing for the magic but let's get started with some college football here guys please john i'll start with you are you about the way that either of these teams won on saturday you have the usc fighting trojan men or university of georgia I appreciate that prophylactic plug. Please use those responsibly as well. I'll pick one. I'll give Burn the other. I'll, I'm not concerned with UGA. I've figured out, I think who UGA is Frank the Tank from old school. It was a three o'clock kick. He's not quite woken up yet from the night before. Slugs through the first quarter. Auburn somehow plods their way to a 10 nothing lead and meh. They just wake up, they, they score the next 20 out of 27 points. This has become their MO. Uh, they, their quarterback still threw for 313 yards. The other quarterback from Auburn only had 174 total passing and rushing. They ended the game with a pick. Their dead defense is dominant. The one thing I have concern about for them, and you mentioned it last week, Hob, is as they get deeper into the season, particularly the SEC championship, and then into what they expect to be the playoff is they may run into a team where they can't sleepwalk for the first 15 to 20 minutes and be able to get back in that game. They can get away with that now. So having said that, maybe I'm more concerned about them. If Brock Bowers ever goes down, that's going to be a problem because Brock Bowers is all world. So between that defense and Brock Bowers, they tend to be able to get away with that, but I am worried about them long-term. Yeah, I mean, it's been happening every week now almost, it seems, and and they're going to start getting into it some sort of thickness of a schedule. You never know. They might end up running into a hiccup. But, Byrne, what about the Trojans? Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with Bajan, which doesn't happen often, but today it is. Not Defense wins championships, so am I concerned about UGA? They're a little sluggish on offense at times, but their defense is always stout and can keep them in the games. Vice versa, on the other end, not so much with USC. 
Yes, they can score at ease. Caleb Williams is superhuman. He's Patrick Mahomes Jr. He tied a career high with six TDs. They were up 21-0 at one point. They were up 48-21 at one point in the, you know, late in third. But their defense, they're just, they don't have a defense. And when they go against a team that is a little more complete, I think you you need to be concerned with them to be able to close out a game. And I so I would say concerned because you're not going to be able to do a shootout every week. That's right. I think the concerning part with USC is the fact that they were blowing the doors off for them and they let them kind of sneak in the back door there. I think if Travis Hunter was playing, that would have been a different story. Don't you guys think? Yeah, give Colorado a ton of credit after a really demoralizing loss in Eugene. They come back, they're facing the same type of situation and Coach Prime gets them rallied and they score the last 14 points and are onside kick away from something happening. So I agree with Byrne. Their defense is paid for mache and USC. They'll enjoy their ride to the pack, soon to be two. But I don't, I'm concerned for them in the playoffs. I think USC plays when they have to match up against Oregon and Notre Dame. Those are going to be some big matchups for them. And the way they look on Saturday, I would say I'm concerned for USC to lose one of those two. No, I, I agree. Very much concerned because, and they don't just play those, they play, they play Notre Dame in a couple of weeks. Then they play Utah the following week. Then they got they still have Washington and Oregon. Concern for sure. So yeah. We'll oh yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next set here. There was a couple impressive victories, question mark. Who would you think has the more we'll start with Burn here? Notre Dame coming back to win in the last twenty seconds of the game versus Duke. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I want to say that the Notre Dame win over Duke is more impressive just because our Knowles do play Duke coming up soon. I just think what Ole Miss did to to LSU dominated them in the fourth, scoring 21 to have that comeback win. I would say that's a victory that I'm more impressed with. Yeah, Notre Dame looks good. Duke has a great defense. I just don't think they have the the, the offensive power that is needed to, to move forward and make a run. Ole Miss looked good and I get the, a great LSU team. So I would say Ole Miss is the bigger, bigger, impressive, more impressive victory for me. Yeah, Bijan, Ole Miss defeating LSU, Notre Dame defeating Duke. For my pocketbook, Notre Dame, a miraculous cover. How about that 30 oh. yard run to, how about that for a great win? More <laughs> bad beats. Oh, I know where you're at on that side of it. Also, if you happen to have the over 67 in the old Miss LSU game, you were quite pleased. Both of those I picked, so both of them I love. But I do, I do want to talk about some historic performances from Old Miss. The first SEC team, SEC team ever to accrue 300 passing yards and 300 rushing yards in the same game. Uh, both teams combined for 104, both teams combined for 104 points and over 1,300 total yards. I agree with Byrne, Old Miss, just because it's historic, it's more impressive. I'm concerned for Notre Dame. They're in their own way. You saw what they were able to do at that final drive when they went tempo. I do understand they want to control it with their defense and their running game, but they have got to use their weapons and get some tempo going. That's where Hartman really shines. They only had five receptions for the wide receiver position all game. Huge tight end, 
Mitchell Evans was the story and Estime was important. But I'm concerned for Notre Dame. They've got to open up that offense. So I'll go with Byrne and say I was really more, it was more fun to watch. And it was historic from an Ole Miss standpoint. Yeah, Ole Miss, it keeps them somewhat in contention after that really bad loss the week prior. But I, Duke should have won that game. It, it, if you're watching the game and, and if you're a Duke Blue Devil fan here, you're just heartbroken right now because they ha- how many times did they have on that final drive? How many times oh. did they have Notre Dame oh. at third and long and, and, and fourth and 15? Fourth and long. <laughs> And, and you let Sam Hartman run for the first down? Even like Lamar Jackson out there, Sam Hartman. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was heartbreaking. And then just busted right to win the game. It, it, oh, my goodness. Duke should have won that game. And that would have been a huge win for them. They would have beaten Clemson and Notre Dame in the and first top, couple and, of weeks of the yep. season. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough one there. So I, I guess you guys probably think that Notre Dame has a chance to lose at L&N Federal Credit Union Stadium versus Jack Plummer and the Fighting Cardinals? Maybe not that much. Yeah, look, I think there's some question marks, but I I, I think they'll be just fine against uh, good old Louisville. Hmm. Did you guys know that Jack Plummer is not related to Jake Plummer? That's too bad. I would have guessed that. I don't think I would claim to be Jake Plummer's relative in any situation. Who doesn't like Jake the Snake? <laughs> Jake the Snake, you got Jake, the, and his name, they, they named him Jack Plummer. He's a quarterback. It's like, how is he not Nick Plummer's son? I picked up that. I have to go back and check that. Ancestry.com. And then we talked about Ole Miss, but we didn't really mention the facts that LSU now has two losses. They travel to Missouri this weekend, do you think they should be on upset alert? Uh, man, look, Missouri is a good story, but no. If you look at their schedule, what they've done, they really haven't had a lot of challenges and when they have, but they've kept some close games that they shouldn't. Uh, I'm not too concerned. I think LSU rebounds probably wins comfortably. Bijan, you think? But I could be wrong. You think you think Brian Kelly's uh, hire has hiring has been a mistake so far? I wouldn't call it a mistake. He just needs to put together a defense. This offense is the next level. I am concerned for them in Mizzou. Mizzou is believing that, again. If I had to t- make a prognostication, just bet the over sixty four and a half. These teams, Missouri is fifteenth in passing yards. LSU's defense is hundred and ninth against the pass. LSU is sixth in passing yards. Missouri's pass defense, 90th. The, the key to the game might be, there's going to be a ton of points. Red zone execution. Missouri's eighth in the red zone. LSU's defense is 113. So what this is spelling out into, this could go well into the 80s again. Missouri is believing they've been very efficient. I actually like the Missouri cover here. I don't know. LSU tends to play close this game, so I would take Missouri and the points here. Yeah, I think that the the reason why I asked that is because if they lose this week, then I'm thinking that LSU Nation might be contemplating whether or not Brian Kelly was the right hire. Yeah, that's valid. That's how the SEC is. But they, they did lose to a non-SEC team as well, if you forgot. <laughs> I think I'm familiar. 
<laughs> and what a good day that was. Okay, so now this this, this might sting a little bit. Losing a college football game when your defense holds the opposing team to 69 yards passing. Mm. I know where this is going. I like, I, I do like where this is going. And, but then they give up 280 yards to a man named Ray Davis on the ground. One individual, not a team. What? I deserve. What? Brian, he's done. What happened? It was like watching, if you ever played the original Tecmo Bowl and you had Bo Jackson for the Raiders, you could just go diagonally up and down. <laughs> That's what the you would just like. Everyone would dive. Your hands would go out. Face plant. That looked like the entire Gators defense for about two and a half hours, and we could not figure it out. They weren't running exotic plays. They would run off. We're going to run off left guard, and they would. I think they told us, and we still were disinterested. And there, Ray would go up and down the field. Graham Mertz efficient again, boringly efficient, just like an insurance salesman. Defense inept, really terrible loss uh, for the Gators. Really puts a. They kind of kink in the hose of their momentum. I gotta have a, I hate to say this, but we're looking for a bounce back against Vanderbilt at home this week. But, but John, but you can take solace. Is that, did I use it correctly? Ooh, yeah. You can take solace in the fact that UF's offense did outscore Ray Davis by 33 yards. So, entire team. Congratulations. The day that's, it's those little wins. I, I couldn't believe that. Oh, man. If you just, your head coach, you're like, oh, how do we dominated the passing defense portion? Just pure dominate. Kentucky didn't have to pass at all. No, that's the thing is they didn't have to yeah. make them because we couldn't figure out off tackle runs. Another fun fact, I did. If you and maybe Bernie's going to Google this when I ask. Do you guys know when the college football rankings come out? Do you mean the week? The week, the week that a, the first ranking that they come out with. What? Oh, the playoffs? Yeah, the college football playoff rankings. Is it November? The first week? I'm just going to guess first week in November. I do not know. That's close. It's week nine that they do it. Niner. Yeah. I thought that it was after week six. I think that's a little too deep into the season to come out with the rankings. They really keep the intrigue for us. And that's the last week of October. Yeah. Wow. Before Halloween. What a great reveal. I really so, didn't know who the top 10 teams are by then. Welcome back. This next segment is brought to you by the Rosano Muffin Company. Get your delicious blueberry and walnut muffins today. All right, so we are going to talk a little NFL here. Just get a little bit of a pulse on where everybody's at right now through four weeks. We have a little bit of a better idea of the identity of some of these teams. There's some terrible football teams in the NFL, just absolutely garbage. So let's get into it. Let's start off with the AFD East. And I'm going to kick it over to you, Bijan. Who's the team that you're liking right now? this will be clear they just faced off the buffalo nobody circles the wagons clearly like the buffalo bills first in the division clearly by point differential they're plus 84. miami as you would imagine is second they're at plus 31. their defense has been the story though 
only allowed 55 points all year. Miami's given up 119. Buffalo also second in red zone efficiency defensively, fifth in rushing defense, and fourth in forcing turnovers. Give me the Buffalo Bills. Burn. No surprise. Yeah, I, I think I echo everything he just said. We saw what the competition is for the AFCs. That's the two-team race, and Buffalo showed why they need to be the favorites. They dominated, and they showed that you still have to have a defense to, to win in this league. Yeah, give me Buffalo. Give me the better quarterback. Give me the better defense. Yeah. That's what I'm going to roll with for the winning the AFCs. Did anybody happen to record our podcast from last week? Because I could have sworn that both of you guys picked Miami to win the game. That may have been your only correct pick. I I think that it's funny how the knee jerk reaction is. Oh, Buffalo is better than Miami, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna ride Buffalo I, now going forward. I'll be honest, Hob. I don't know if I remember if I picked either one, but I, feel I think like you blacked I, out. I, I did. I fence up. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I think I definitely picked the Bills. I may have said I just I screwed up. I thought it was the Miami Bills. That's my apology, but it's Buffalo all the way. If there's any Dolphin fans out there listening, I, I would say this. That's a tough loss, but it was at Buffalo. You still have them at home. And also Miami's about to go on a two-game little mini win streak here to move to five and one. And then you have Buffalo with playing the Jags again in London. What, what the, are the, is Jacksonville just has a second residence in London? That's, it's their that. future home. Essentially, they do. 11th game in London. They are 5-5 five and five there. They've won two of the last three. This is yeah. the Jags love I, over the pond. One omission, you guys didn't say anything about the Patriots in this division. I'm assuming you're not jumping on their bandwagon right now. Oh, my. Oh, that was hard to watch. <laughs> um, it's 38-3, and you line up for a field goal, and you miss it. What are you going to make it? 38-6? It, it, I, there were certain people in certain situations that were interested in that kick, and it's too bad, depending on which side you're on. Please play responsibly, but terrible decision. Yeah. We're going to move over to the AFC South, which has turned into somewhat of an intriguing vision. I, I, if I had to just put a guess out there, I would say maybe the Texans. I don't know where in this division right now. We'll start with you, Burr. This is one of your favorite divisions. It is very surprising. Everybody's 500. Each team's two and two. Nobody's pulling away. The Texans have really, yeah, I, I'll admit they, they looked damn good against the Jaguars the other week when they, them at Jacksonville, which was again, five straight times there. But I still think you go with the experienced quarterback. It's got the talent. I think Jacksonville has better talent across the board. Houston and Indianapolis both have rookie quarterbacks. They're going to have their mistakes. I, Tennessee looks embarrassing at times, but somehow still has two wins. I go, I, I, I say Jag. I still think Jag will win this and pull away, but it's closer than I was expecting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick. I love what D'Amico Ryans has done. This is the deuces wild division, though. Everybody's two and two. Equality everywhere. Two and two, who's to say? But I, I believe in what C.J. Stroud, your boy Nico Collins, Burn, is, does look good. Un, is unstoppable. Let's believe in the Texans. This is a winnable division. Their defense has been great. Seventh in turnovers, tenth in passing yards allowed, much improved. They're third in points from. They're scoring the third most points in the league from an offensive standpoint as well. So I am going to stick with 
the Texans, they've got the Falcons, who I picked to win the South still, but they're just not a division game. No. So they will go to three and two. Three and two Texans after this week on yeah. top of the division. So what I really hope happens is after the second quarter of the NFL season is all four teams are four and four. It's, it's terrific. And then they just continue on and then there's six and six, everybody. It's just make it one of the most intriguing, but yet also just super average divisions in the NFL. Go down to third tiebreaker when the season ends, whatever that one is. Most field goals kicked or whatever. <laughs> now, okay, so the AFC West, another two-headed monster. Obviously, Kansas City is going to be the favorite at this point, but I do think that the Chargers have a shot in the dark to compete in that division, Bajan. I want to love the Chargers. They, but they continue to play with their food. They had an undermanned Raiders team down 24-7 going to the second half. And I understand Herbert's ridiculous middle finger was sticking up for the most of the second half and a cast with an internal signal. But they'd got to do a better job of closing games and controlling games that they should win. That was entirely way too close. The Chiefs, yes, they played some closer games. But their firepower is much better. Their creativity is much better. They have a new star at every game. Their viewers are on them as well. The Chiefs are the class in this division. I want the Chargers to be there. They just haven't shown us that yet. Yeah, I was hoping that the Chargers would be, would give them a run for their money. I, I just don't see it. It's just, they're so inconsistent. It's, they just can't put all cylinders together and be good. I just, Kansas City is going to run away with it most likely. I still think the Chargers can right the ship and maybe compete for a playoff spot, but I would say that division's pretty much wrapped up, in my opinion. Yeah, I, but the Chargers' defense is terrible. They do have a really good offense, but their defense, they're almost dead last. Let's move on here. We have the NFC East will start with. I think we could move on pretty quickly because everybody thinks the Giants are going to win this division. Oh, wow. Yeah, Daniel Jones is an MVP, MVP contender. I just don't see how... That offensive line, it it's embarrassing. <laughs> Top foot five first-round picks in the last five or six years, and they look like matadors, just completely... Do they not like Daniel Jones? It's just like they <laughs> snapped the ball. And just, the poor guy. What, 14... Or, 11 sacks Monday night? Is that right? Yeah. They have a terrible offensive line. He's not a good quarterback either, though. So it's, they're, it's difficult. I mean, their Man. point differential is negative 76. Oh, I'm looking back. Like, they have the, they've scored 46 points through four games, given up 122. It's I don't know what hap what's happened. Why are they still on prime time? They need to get them flexed out of there. Uh, you got to rather watch the Jets right now. Yeah, that's fair. But they shouldn't be in prime time either. But yeah, Philly, Dallas, Bijan, what is your assessment on those two? Philly is the real deal. They've got the pedigree. I do think Dallas's defense is better. But Philly can control a game more easily because of their offense. Yes, Dallas has only given up 41 points, but they. this is not the colonial period. You're at some point going to have to play someone outside of New England. So, sorry, you can't go to New Jersey or New England for every opponent. They're going to face the West Coast. Oh, my, the gold rush this week. 
and the mm-hmm. 49ers. And I like the 49ers of the game, but we'll talk about that later. I like Philly in this division because of their balance on not only offense, defense, but they've got a great kicker as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Eagles are the most complete team in the division. Yeah, I will say they haven't been playing as well or as they probably expected to through four games, but they're 4-0. They're finding a way to win. The Cowboys are a, a damn roller coaster of emotions. One week they're they're dominating. Defense looks crazy good. The next week they're losing to the Cardinals. So it's just something got to give there. They've got to become more consistent to even to have a shot. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with Bajan here. I think the Eagles, they take this, and they're the cream of the crop in the East. Yeah, uh, Dallas, if they can figure out what they're doing on offense consistently, that they might have a chance to win the division. Their defense only gives up 10 points a game, as Bajan was mentioning. they pretty dominant, and they're also very stout in turnover differential. So they, it's not like they're a, a complete hot mess. That I think they have a chance to win that division, sadly. But... All right, let's go AFC North. We got here Baltimore and Cleveland, I assume. I, I'm I, Cincinnati's out of this thing, right? Yeah, it's that's not a great situation. Not, yeah, I'm not sure what's happened. It's just that. It's mind-numbing. T. Higgins is, is rejecting balls like they're like unmatched organs. I don't understand what's happening. Jaburo cannot complete a forward pass. It's bizarre. Yeah, and the Steelers are in disarray as well. And oh, yeah. pick it out now. That's, you might as well write them off. Can Cleveland do something? I mean, Deshaun maybe. Watson's there, maybe. I'm not sure yeah. how long he's out for. That defense, the running game is legit. They can contend. But Baltimore, second in rushing yards, even out without JK. Of course, we have Lamar running up and down. But they're fifth in sacks, third in red zone defense. Third down efficiency, they're top five as well. This Baltimore defense and their ability to control the clock. Mark Andrews is back. Justin Tucker makes field goals from 65 yards. Give me Baltimore. I don't think that's really going on on a limb. No. Do you guys know who has the number one total defense in the NFL through four games? I have a feeling you're going to tell us. That would be the Cleveland Brown Packers. Oh, and dog pound, puppy pound. Thinking if you got a good Jim Schwartz effect, yeah, the Mm -hmm. the defense is in full effect there, and not like Baltimore lights it up on the scoreboard either. It's going to be your traditional AFC North dogfight to the end, more than likely. And you have to be a little bit worried with Lamar Jackson. He's almost he's just a couple rushes away from leading the team and carries. And so the, you, you wonder, it, can his body hold up for that, for the entire season? I Probably not. He is elusive, but that's a heavy load. I'm concerned with yeah. this one. So I think if you were a betting man, you might want to sprinkle a little cheese on the brownies. If you really- Yeah, if, if Watson's healthy, I like it. Yeah. If he's not, who, the people's court, whatever that was on Sunday, that was no. three picks. Don't get me wrong. Cleveland hasn't looked great either. I'm just saying in the, in a division talk, I feel like they have a random chance. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And then, so here, let's go. Oh, yeah. You guys. The know. greatest division of all time. You guys know what division we're talking about next. Come on. This one's tasty. And, and it's going to be the NFC South. 
And you bastard. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it here. And I am I assume that Bijan's excited to talk about this one because he was all over the Falcons before the season started and was touting how great they were. And so now is your opportunity to talk about the Falcons. Bijan, go ahead. The, the the Dirty Birds are undefeated in the division. And they will continue to be they will lose the Houston this week. And then in week eight, big showdown. Bucks, Falcons. Bucks will go to two and zero. Oh. Bucks will be potentially what do they play? Sit five and one in the division at the end of this, and they're going to win the division with a sub five hundred record. What are your thoughts, bro? Those just that's a ballsy. I disagree. I I hate to say this, but I do think Tampa is going to win this division. Not because they're loaded with talent and they're they're the greatest team on earth. But I just can't, there's no, I have no faith in the other three teams. Carolina looks horrible. They haven't won a game, <laughs> so yeah. No, nah, and Bryce Young looks every bit of a rookie as he is. Oh, man. And which is unfortunate because I, I think he, yeah, still one of the top college quarterbacks to come out. I, I, but the Saints, if Derek Carr's not healthy, what they, when they allowed Green Bay to come back and, and win that after being up 17, 18 points, the Falcons, Started off great, but then lost to Kitties. You know, they, they obviously don't do well with Cats. You no, know, the struggle. The Jaguars. So I, I just think Tampa's going to have the luck of the draw of being in a, in a bad division and uh, pull it out probably with a 9-8 and eight record, something in that range. Yeah, it remains to be seen. But, uh, what I would say the only thing that is, is going for Tampa really is because as far as offense and defense is concerned, Tampa is very middle of the road on both sides of the ball there. We can get stops. I think we, I think that we only give up about 17 points a game and on offense, it's not super explosion. Our running game is really not the best, but Baker Mayfield's doing a good job, not turning the ball over. And we are actually number two in the league in turnover differential for that reason. And I think that's mm. why we are number one in the division right now. And I think that's why we are going to win the division with no problemos, papi. Okay. And if, can you blame me? Do you think that New Orleans or Atlanta, and we already talked about Carolina, are anything to be scared of when you're matching up against them? Come on. This is a god awful division. It's the only <laughs> division of football with three teams with negative point differentials Atlanta, negative 15. Saints negative 14. The Panthers negative 35. The only division of football. Denver Bay's at plus 16. So they're averaging four points more than their opponent per week. And very bad division. Who, and you know who the Bucks play. We have a bye week. You know who the Bucks play after that? Oh, it's time. Oh, yeah. Creamsicle. We'll game. be there. Creamsicle. Game. Come see us. And the sports caviar crew will be there with live footage for all Uh, i can't wait let's let's go to the nft west obviously san francisco is the cream of the crop rise to the top but randomly what is going on with the seahawks here burn they draft well they put they replace players they bring back people like bobby wagner Pete carroll gets the most out of his guys Geno Smith is drinking from the West Coast Fountain of Youth. They've still got Tyler Lockett, speaking of Fountain of Youth. This is a tough team, and they're a tough out. They can run the ball, they can throw it enough, and their defense can do enough. 11 sacks, I know it's the Giants, 
But this team is a contender. This team will make the playoffs. But I do like San Francisco plus 57 point differential. Tremendous defense, offense, too much Shanahan, but Seattle will make the playoffs. San Francisco wins the division. Burn, you think the Rams or Seattle have a chance? I, I think they both have a chance to make the playoffs, but to compete in that division, unless something happens to, to San Fran's stars, I just don't see it. Bajan says their, their defense is stellar. They've got talent all across that, across the ball there. I, on offense, Brock Purdy is a game manager, but with C-Mac and AU and, and Debo, they're studs. And I just don't think there's another team in that division that can compete with them. But I, I'm impressed with what Seattle's doing. And the Rams, Stafford, find a way to play with the young kids. Mm-hmm. And they're finding ways to win, just like the opposite of the NFC South on having three teams with negative point differential. They've got three teams with on the positive side. So these teams are, I, I think they have, they're, they're playoff contenders. But it's San Fran's to lose. Yeah, I I think that when the dust settles, it's going to be the Rams coming in second in that division. It, they whacked Seattle already as it was. That is the one loss that Seattle has. And then offensively, you mentioned that Stafford seems to seems to have some sort of gel there with our boy Puka. I'm loving it. And they only lost to San Francisco by a touchdown. Yes, they've already played one time, but they were in that game. So I. Th- that the Rams might be a sleeper here, a la Cleveland Browns here, where the, if you're going to sprinkle mm. a little bit of brownie dust, it might be on the Rams. Sprinkle cool. a few puka shells on that. <laughs> no, I miss puka shell <laughs> necklaces. Can we bring them back? Yes. I think we just did. <laughs> We're wearing them for the Bucks lions game. Puka shell necklaces forever. <laughs> I don't know if it actually fits that game, but that's okay. We're wearing them everywhere we go. And last and probably least, the NFC North. Least? Just let them have it. This is a snoozer of a division, and I will let you start, Burn. It'll be really quick. The Lions are just far ahead, better than every team in that division. They have shown it with a dominant performance against the Packers at Lambeau Field showing that it wasn't a fluke when we took them down last year at the end of the season to keep them out of the playoffs. We are now Jordan Love's just arch nemesis. He can't perform. There's no love there. And the Lions are going to run away with this division. The Bears are embarrassing. Vikings are in a rebuild. need to start over. And Green Bay is just middle-of-the-pack average team. Dan Campbell has that team running. Mm Mm-hmm as smooth as possible. As he said, he's if you're hunting us, you don't have to look far. We're going to be on your front porch when you open the door. Because he's got that team believing they're not going to stop. They're going to put the pedal to the metal. And that's that's an easy pick. So don't sprinkle your cheddar on anything else other than the Lions. Couldn't agree more, Burn. And a a very favorable scheduler, we have the true kittens, the Carolina Panthers, coming to Detroit. Three out of our four next games are against the Panthers, the Bucks, and what's left of the Raiders. So Ooh. very favorable schedule wow. as we get to the halfway point. We also get to play the Bears twice more. So that's a lot of fun, unless you're in Chicago. So give me the Lions all day. Man, I've actually been a little bit surprised by how well you guys have performed on both sides of the ball. Did, did you guys know that the Lions were in the top 10 of total defense and total offense? Of course. And you guys are absolutely number one 
in the league in rushing defense. You get the big gold star through the first quarter. Who's the who's Detroit's backup quarterback? Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, bridge over troubled waters. Okay, You're fine. And I forgot to mention that we do get Jamison Williams back this week, early from a suspension. He was not in Vegas with you, was he? Have you didn't see him there? <laughs> might have been. Please don't tell him if you did. Please don't say that you did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And we're back with another edition of your favorite, Don't Be Nasty. And for the record, we did mention last episode that whoever lost was going to be posting a reggae live stream. But unfortunately for the caviar connoisseurs, nobody officially actually lost. Bijan did win, though. So... You get uh, a gift card to Chick Fil A for that. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna have the muffins. I, I don't I get an order of the muffins, or maybe we can get you a dozen muffins from Rosado Muffin Company. Actually, that'd that, probably be more fitting. Uh, <laughs> um, what did you guys think about uh, Njoku's whole situation with his mask and the burnings? Uh, did you guys see that? Ooh. Fire pit? Was it a fire pit incident? Is that what happened? It was brutal. I it, like. I, I don't. Good. I don't know if anybody actually saw the burns on his face, though. Did they ever reveal that footage? Oh gosh, it's terrible. It'd be like the masked man. It's like a. Ooh. He did look pretty cool walking into the stadium, though. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to light a fire pit, man, and crazy burns to his face and arm. It was apparently Awful. some bizarre home accident. Yeah. But he looked badass. Yeah. Yeah. Very intimidating. The V for Vendetta or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. First game on the docket. Here we go. We're going back across the pond to Jacksonville, Buffalo. I'm assuming because this game is being played in London, the spread's only at five and a half is what we're going to be using for this exercise here. Bijan, I'll let you go first. Who you got? Jags home game. Won't matter. Here's the two key stats that will. Jags offense is 19th in red zone efficiency. Buffalo's defense is second stat. Jags third down defense is 29th, almost last in the league. Buffalo's first or Buffalo's third down efficiency from their offense is first. Give me the Bills big time. They keep rolling. I will take them to circle the wagons minus five and a half. Bernie, I, I really want to pick the Jaguars. Technically a home game. And they stayed across the pond. So they've had some time to, to adjust over there. They've had extra time to practice. Have some crumpets. Yeah. It just, it, Buffalo looks so good this past week. And like Bajan's saying, Jacksonville's middle of the road on, on, a, on a lot of a lot of things there. And I just don't think Jacksonville has the offense to, to keep up. I think Buffalo covers probably wins by eight. I think that the Jacksonville, London and they love Ted Lasso and I'm going with the Jags to cover on this one fellas they're home away from home let's see what we got um <laughs> next game you got Philly at the Rams the Rams are getting four and a half at home Bird, who you got I I love a good home underdog 
unless I'm picking Buffalo Jacksonville. So I'm going to go ahead and take my boy, Matt Stafford, getting the four points at home. I think that Philly is good, not great right now. Yes, they're 4-0, they're finding ways to win. But I think the Rams pull the upset this week. Mm. I do love me some Matty Stafford. Solid, professional. This line opened more at five or five and a half. It's gone down to four and a half now. Philly just played their close game with their arch nemesis, the Commanders. Great ball game. They escaped. Both these teams are combined six, one, and one against the spread. So this is probably a really good line. Difference in the game. Yards per play. Philly's offense, sixth in the league. The Rams' defense, 23rd. Turnovers. Philly, top four and not allowing them. LA Rams don't force a lot. They're 17th in the league. Philly plays their best game of the year on the road and covers this. Give me fly Eagles fly minus four and a half. I don't think that Philly is going to be able to duplicate their best road performance thus far because that was obviously against Tampa the other week. But <laughs> no, I, I think that it's going to be a level. There's two different situations going into this game for each team you have the rams who are going to be desperate to avoid falling under 500 to drop to two and three and stay alive in the division and you have a team where with philly who they already know they're going to win the division so there i think that there's going to be a little bit of desperation mode versus cruise control mode and the rams are going to easily cover this get this game take the rams Plus four and a half. Next game, Dallas at San Francisco. We talked about how Dallas has to prove what they are in the NFC here. And this is a great opportunity to do. San Francisco's minus three and a half. Burn. I looked last two times Dallas lost in the playoffs to San Francisco. I, I'm taking the 49ers and it's pretty easy. I think 49ers is the most complete team in the league. Dallas traveling to San Fran against that defense. I just don't think they can keep up. Give me San Fran laying the points, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. Yeah, I'm with you, Burn. San Francisco treat. This is a classic NFL rivalry. Mom, I'm sorry if you're listening. I know you love the Cowboys. They do have the red zone advantage, much better red zone team. San Francisco has owned this recently. They've won four out of five. Only Dallas win was the COVID Christmas game. Different than the game, Dallas does not protect the football offensively. They're 20th in turnovers. San Francisco turns you over. They're second in turnovers. And San Francisco loves to run the ball. Eighth in rushing offense. Dallas's defense, as good as they've been, is only 22nd against the rush. So give me San Francisco in Santa Clara, which makes no sense. Niners minus three and a half. Yeah, I, I think that Vegas wants you to take Dallas because they put that little hook there just to make it, anybody that is hopeful better. They'll keep it within a field goal, their defense, but it's not going to happen. I, this is a clean sweep, San Francisco. Until Dallas can prove more consistent offense potency, I'm not going to be betting on them in this one at all. But let's move to the college ranks in a great matchup, in a massive matchup you have the Sooners in the Red River rivalry Texas is getting or Texas is favored by five points 
Um, Bijan. Yes, the Red River get-together or jamboree or whatever we're calling it. It's going to be a great football game. It's a classic, again, matchup here. Four out of five have gone, actually, to OU. But Texas did win last year 49 nothing, And I think OU has had this circled on their calendars. It's not unlikely for them to have it circled, but specifically because of that blowout. OU's 5-0 and against the spread this year. Texas only 3-2 and against the spread. I like the over 60.5. That's my favorite bet for this game because both offenses can light it up. But I'm actually going to go on a limb. I'm going to take Boomer Sooner plus 5. Give me the points in a great high-scoring matchup. And see, I actually see it. I think the, the spread has gone up. It's up to six and a half now. So the money is on Texas right now. But I'm with Bajan. I I think they're going to re- avenge last year's blowout. I think Oklahoma can control the clock. I think they can score when they need to. Defense is pretty solid as well. I just I, I have a feeling that Oklahoma pulls the upset, not just covers, but actually wins this game outright. Love it. Hmm. I'm going to have to go against you guys on this one. Yeah, I, I was reading the wrong stat there, Bernie. Good call out. It, start, it opened at five. It's moved to six and a half. I, Texas, just, they seem like they have everything that they need to make an actual college football playoff run this season. And this is going to be one of their biggest hurdles uh, remaining on their schedule. Their, their running back, Brooke, has rushed for over 600 yards, five touchdowns. And then, of course, they have James Worthy Jr. with Xavier Worthy running a bunch of post routes out there. James Worthy from the Lakers? That's amazing. Yeah, it's not really James Worthy's son, but I just think that he is. And then I really like yours. He's been really composed back there. And, of course, this is going to be a shootout type of matchup more than likely. And six and a half is a little risky. But I think if that's what Vegas thinks the line should be, I'm going to trust it, and I'm taking Texas on it. So um, going against you guys over there. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Now, this next college football matchup um, is really such a rivalry between two coaches that absolutely hate each other. What did Jimbo say to Saban last offseason again? You're going to have to tell us on that one. Uh, do, there was like, they had the rift in the offseason. Do you guys remember what it was? I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. But we have Alabama traveling to Texas A&M. TAMU is plus three and a half. Um, they started out three and a half. It is now two and a half for this purpose. Bijan, who you got? Bama's taking four out of five in this series. They have figured out who they are with Milrow. They look great on Saturday night in Starkville. Stark Vegas, uh, a little bit different from where you were at, Javi, but it's a tough place to play. And they got it done with their defenses really coming together and they're discovering who they are on offense. 16th in red zone efficiency for the Bama offense. Texas A&M is 95th. Turnovers, Bama doesn't turn it over. And a problem for the... Aggies, they don't get turnovers. 119th in turning the ball over on defense. Give me Bama by a touchdown or more. Bernie. Let me go first from now on so that Bijan can follow me. I'm going to have to agree. I, I just think that Alabama's finally figuring out what works and what doesn't. Again, their defenses at times can be stout. 
and they're finally figuring out the schemes that that work uh, to get pressure at the quarterback. So I just don't think Jimbo's squad can keep up. I think Saban shows him who the teacher is, who the master is, mm. and Alabama covers easily. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be easily. I, I do think this is probably a pretty close game in the end. The Texas A&M is... They were able to rebound to where they have a chance a season here. What the what happened last season is Nick Saban actually said that Jimbo Fisher buys all of his players is and then Jimbo clapped back and it was this huge thing. I don't know if you, you guys don't remember that. How do you not remember that? Good lord! <laughs> but all of that to say, this is another clean sweep. Everyone, go ahead and take Bama. But th- I don't know if maybe we're being too naive to the fact that it we're thinking Alabama's better than what they are. Time will tell. They, they, they tweet that at each other? Or they, they, what was the trash talk in? Did they call each other on corded lines or set official letters? They played. And then and then Alabama won. That's what happened. And unless they got in a fist fight in the tunnel. I like Saban. Really getting it. He's a grappler. He's a grappler for sure. Yeah. We're saying clean sweep here, but I don't know. Something about this game that doesn't sit right to me. Um, okay, last game on the docky. We have Washington State traveling to UCLA. Now Washington State is number 13 in the rankings. UCLA is unranked. And UCLA is favored by three and a half points. Burn? So I agree with you. It's, uh, it's tricky here seeing that the Washington State is is unranked and only a three and a half point underdog. I I just, I, I think good old Chip Kelly gets his team going. The offense uh, is can be dominant at times. I'd take UCLA laying the points at home. Give me the brew. I'm gonna. Baby. I'm gonna go with the the Cougars, the Beavers. <laughs> what? I'm gonna give this one right. This week. <laughs> let's look at. Let's look at who they beat. Washington State has victories already over the Badgers, another animal. They beat the Colorado State Rams, also another animal, and they actually beat the Beavers. So Cougars on the hunt, as they always are, are gonna get the Bears this week. The Bruins. Give me those points. This might have be up to four. If it is, you should grab it. Give me the Cougars on the road. It's not a big home field advantage in LA. It'll be half full and most of them won't care. Give me Washington State plus three and a half. The reverse psychology that I was telling you about with it in the Dallas San Francisco game where they want you to take the underdog Vegas does. And it's just, it's so fishy. It's okay. The underdog's getting three and the hook and they're actually ranked. Let me go ahead and jump on that. But I will say UCLA's looked somewhat impressive. They have a McCaffrey Jr. over there running back. And then, but they did absolutely nothing versus Utah. I think they scored only seven points. Washington State's quarterback, Cam Ward, has 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. And they've looked good. I'm taking the Cougars all day here. Yeah. Come on. Oh, I love this. Come on. You guys enjoy your reggae time. <laughs> 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 We're jamming. 
<laughs> there, there was one omission, everyone. Uh, Bernie wanted me to make sure that I mentioned to the world that the Michigan Wolverines had an impressive victory over Rutgers Community College. I don't. Who did you guys play again? The Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh yeah, like Nebraska. Uh, you did jump on the Colorado Buffalo train after they beat the Cornhuskers. Uh, I, not. I, I, we can go back to the tape, but I feel good about it. At the end of the day, I apologizing to our, to our fans and our listeners that, that Michigan's not overrated, that I uh, should not be concerned and go blue 45 to seven for up 45, zero and garbage time allowed with our fourth string players and our, did water. your nephew score that touchdown or your, yeah, you the second week in yeah. a row. We, we brought him in late. Hell, we brought the water boys in to play defense and ended up allowing a late touchdown. So I, I think Michigan is exactly where they should be at number two. They look really good. But again, it's the, we've all, we've said it in the past, it's coming down to Penn State, Ohio State games. There's yeah. no doubt. Michigan looks, looks bald right now. If, if FSU beats Virginia Tech 45 to seven on Saturday, I'm not going to be saying anything different to me. The, you, you should win by that much when you play teams like that. Nebraska is horrible. Oh, Matt Rule has done what he does. They, I, I don't even understand what it, what has happened to that football franchise. I, I, I can't figure out how you rank the top ten. So I guess I'm. Well, strength of schedule is one of them, and I'll tell you, Michigan doesn't have it. Okay. No, I. I'm not arguing that, but they're winning when they should. No, no, no. It's good, and, they're, and they dominate. They're not trying to blow teams out because they let their third strings get in there so they can get some reps on the, with the depth. I think that it, Michigan has a very legitimate chance to make the college football playoff the way that they've looked thus far. But to me, it has not been anything like if, if let's say if FSU was to draw Michigan in the first round of the playoffs, if that happened, I would actually feel very confident that Florida State would win that game. So I am just well, going to throw... Backhanded apology. <laughs> I am just going to put that on the line there and just leave it. Okay? We'll talk next week. Now, when, after Michigan plays somebody, when they play Penn State and Ohio State, then yeah, I'll, that, that's going to be a, a massive test for them. And we'll see where they're at. I You just can't tell based on these Stupid little games that they play every week yeah. in college. No, I, I understand yeah. Florida State played an unranked Clemson team and won in overtime. So I understand. No, don't do that. <laughs> Everybody knows Clemson is better. Clemson would whack Nebraska. So, that is true. Yeah. So there you go. There, there you go, folks. You connoisseurs. You got the apology from Hob to Burn on the omission. <laughs> Was that a, an apology? Please <laughs> I, yeah, but John, what's your take on That's that? That's very heartfelt. Yeah. That's heartfelt. No, I, I felt it through the phone. Yeah. And that's going to do it for us here at Sports Caviar. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, comment on our social media pages on anything you want us to talk about. We really appreciate you connoisseurs. Next time you order some caviar, remember your side of sports.